0: Hi, this is Stuart Weems, and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights, and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about a few changes that the ATO have made that is uh, directly targeting uh, property investors uh, as well as sort of general uh, taxpayers. Now, obviously, we want to look for opportunities to reduce tax wherever possible. But by the same token, we want to stay on the ATO's good side. So we certainly don't want to invite an audit. And in respect to tax planning, I strongly believe the best option is always to stick within the black letter of the law. That is, don't transgress into any grey areas unless you've got a really strong uh, position or argument to make. Because in the long run, net of fees, hassle, risk and stress, it rarely works out. Uh, to a taxpayer's advantage and at best quite often typically all you can do is delay tax rather than avoid it completely uh, of course there's things that you can do to minimize tax but I'm talking about the the stuff that gets a little bit more inventive so be really careful when receiving say contentious uh, taxation advice you know don't don't go way to pay a lot of money for those sorts of things. Now the ATO did a few audits recently specifically targeting property investors and as a result of that what they've done is in back in April they announced that they would actually double the amount of audits that they did purely because I suspect they've raised a lot of tax revenue and in fact they said that 90% of times they found errors in tax returns. There was four main errors which I'll go through in a second. Uh, But what does that tell us? It tells us that uh, not a lot of taxpayers are getting 100% correct. And it also tells us that if you are unlucky enough to be picked for an audit, it's likely that they'll probably find something. So let me talk about the four common errors. The first one was interest deductions. uh, And that's not surprising given, you know, it's probably uh, for most investors, uh, their main deduction from a dollar value perspective uh, and something that you really should focus a lot on to make sure that you've got the best position possible. And uh, the the issues were really mixing of purposes and not, not being able to demonstrate why interest in respect to a particular loan is deductible. Uh, also getting confused or mixed up with non-deductible debt and including some of that interest as well. Uh, so remember, the onus is on you, the taxpayer, to be able to prove to the ATO why you've treated and expense is a tax deduction. Uh, and so you've got to be able to demonstrate, here's the loan, here's the interest in respect to that loan, and that loan, by the way, is related to this investment property or these shares or whatever it is. Uh, so you have to draw that connection. So just be really careful. Separate loans by purpose. So don't mix, uh, you know, two investment property, debt for two investment properties in one loan or a little bit of shares and in investment property in one loan. Just separate it by investment purpose and investment asset. Uh, and if you're doing a refinance and you restructure some of your loans, so that is you sh- shift some balance into a, another loan or combine two loans if they're related to the same property, just make sure you keep really good records in respect to that so that if you're asked to go back five years, you can certainly prove it. Uh, what I tend to find is that if someone's uh, been audited, if they can answer all the questions for that particular tax year, the ATO typically won't go back uh, to previous years. If they start finding irregularities, mistakes, errors, uh, those sorts of things, then you can beat yourself that they'll go back uh, previous years. So good record keeping is a, 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 a must here. The second uh, common error was claiming uh, improvements as repairs. So there's two things that you can do to a property. You can repair it or you can improve it. Uh, repairing it, typically is defined as bringing it back to the condition it was in when you first purchased the property. A repair is uh, improving the asset beyond beyond its original condition or changing the nature of an asset. Uh, Repairs are deductible in the year that they're paid for, uh, whereas improvements have to be depreciated over their useful life. Uh, there's a bit of uh, guidance and information on the ATO website of what makes an improvement in repair, and it could be a combination of both, by the way. So one particular expense could be part improvement, part repair. Uh, things like painting uh, a property typically would be regarded as a repair. Uh, ripping out an old 1960s kitchen and putting in a new one would be typically an improvement. So just by way of a couple of examples there. So it's important that you, um, that you understand what uh, what, what uh, an expense is classified as so that it's cr- uh, treated correctly in, within your tax return. The third uh, error was holiday homes. Uh, this is particularly in situations where homes were rented to friends at mates rates, you know, friends and family at rates below market. Um, if uh, holiday houses aren't actually available during peak holiday periods, so if you've got a place down the beach, Uh, is it not available over summer? You know, do you occupy it over summer? Um, uh, If owners are unreasonably refusing tenants, so, you know, putting it online but then refusing every application to rent the property on Airbnb or whatever, Um, and whether owners genuinely took steps to uh, find a tenant during the period it was available for let... Uh, So, again, be able to demonstrate that you have taken steps, you know, advertise it on certain websites, you have a managing agent, etc., etc. So, if any of that sort of stuff is happening, that's what the ATO is looking for and will uh, pro rata or reduce or or deny outright any tax deductions in in relation to that property. So, if you do have a, a holiday home and you do rent it out part of the year and occupy it part of the year, make sure you're getting good quality advice there. Um, And the last uh, error was uh, not being able to substantiate expenses. That means that people didn't have receipts for expenses but claimed the deduction anyway. um, The best thing to do for property investors, which I always advise my clients to do, is just get the managing agent to pay for all the bills. Um, That's what they're there for. They're there to help administer and run your investment property. Uh, And so if you receive a bill and some insurance, a rates notice, uh, even land tax, uh, just email them the bill, ask them to pay it from next month's rent, uh, and therefore they will retain, uh, you know, they they will then uh, have to keep the receipts, so they'll be responsible for that. Uh, Plus also at the end of the financial year, you'll get a printout of the property's income and expenses over the 12-month period, which you can just give to your accountant makes it a lot easier for you to track expenses per property um, to see how they're performing from an income perspective and whether there's any problems with a particular property. You know, it's costing you too much money. Uh, and also it's going to make it a lot easier for your accountant, but most importantly, uh, you don't take the responsibility for maintaining the receipts and you make sure you're going to pick up every tax deduction. Whereas sometimes if the managing agent is paying some expenses and you're paying some expenses, you've got to some expenses could slip between the gaps when it comes to preparing uh, your tax return. Uh, So that's just an easy tip that sort of uh, saves you a bit of time. Now I'd like to talk about one significant change that has occurred from 1 July 2019 this year um, and that is that the ATO for the first time is receiving the descriptions um, that you put in every section, every deduction section. So uh, you know the deduction sections are uh, titled or named or numbered D1, D2, D3 and so forth. So for example, D1 is work-related car expenses, then D2 is work-related um, travel expenses and those sorts of things. And so normally within each section you might have a number of deductions and normally what a tax agent would do is go into the return and list those deductions in their software. Um, And so you might have three items of $100 each, so your total deduction for D1 is $300. Well, previously, all the ATO could see is D1 deduction $300. Now what the ATO will see is uh, they'll see the actual description and itemization. Uh, So it might be, you know, under some uh, different labels, it might be, you know, telephone expenses or internet expenses and those sorts of things. Um, that's going uh, to create a couple of problems. Firstly, um, the ATO is going to be use, using artificial intelligence software to crawl through tax returns and identify the taxpayers they'd like to audit. So what they're going to do, what they will do, is compare your deductions with the average for your um, occupational rating and they're obviously going to audit the outliers. You know, if, you, if your deductions seem larger or unusual... Uh, It's very easy for them to then just generate, automatically generate a audit letter, and that doesn't require any uh, human resource to do that. Uh, Secondly, it's important that to use the correct descriptions in the correct section. So, for example, don't use generic uh, descriptions like various receipts or general home office expenses in your returns. You're more likely to uh, be flagged if you do that. Um, And then also make sure you're claiming the right expense on the right labels. For example, parking and tolls uh, should be recorded under D2, which is work-related travel expenses, rather than D1, which is work-related car expenses. Um, It might seem a bit finicky, but now that they're getting all this extra information and they're going to be able to use that data to compare amongst other taxpayers, you want to make sure everything is the right box and that you're using the right description so that you're not... Um, inadvertently uh, flagging yourself. Of course, what I would be saying is just get a tax agent to do all the work for you and uh, you don't need to take that risk. Uh, Also, what the ATO is doing is as part of its uh, sort of data mining program is it's automatically generating letters or sending out letters to taxpayers and asking them to get a letter from their employer to verify that uh, their work-related deductions. So, for example, if you've claimed car expenses, what they'll ask you to do is they'll get, ask you to get a letter from your employer confirming how you're required to use your vehicle in the course of carrying out your employment duties. Um, so, again, just be really careful uh, with uh, how you're trading deductions and whether they're appropriate and, and what sort of risks you're um, exposing yourself uh, because that sort of data matching um, is is going to, I think cause some headaches for some taxpayers. Similarly, uh, things like mobile phone expenses and internet access. again, if you want to claim internet for your um, uh, in your tax return, you have to that that's related to your employment, you're going to have to um, get a letter from your employer saying that that they require you to have internet access at work. Um, and or uh, using uh, maintain a logbook for four weeks of the year (laughs) logging all your usage of uh, internet usage which is personal and which is not good luck with that Um, i I doubt anyone's really doing that at the moment so then just be really careful um, about what you're doing there and remember you the taxpayer carries all the risk um, so that is that you have to sign off the tax return and as long as your tax agent hasn't been negligent in, um, providing their professional services, then you ultimately are going to have to pay the tax and interest and so forth. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, if you do get an audit and if you are, if some deductions are going to be denied, then what the ATA will do is reissue an assessment notice which means that you'll crystallise a larger tax bill that you'll have to pay. And you could pay interest and penalties, interest and all penalties in relation to that. So the interest is what's called shortfall charge interest, which is about four four 4.5% at the moment. So that's pretty straightforward. The penalties uh, that they could charge will depend on... Um, uh, depending on the, the your circumstances so they'll charge you 25 percent if you failed to take reasonably reasonable care or that's what they uh, determined failed to take reasonable care if you've been if they deem you've been reckless then they'll charge you 50 percent penalties and intentionally disregard the law 75 percent. So whatever tax you owe them, you know, times 25, 50 and 75%. So, you know, if you've you've been uh, certainly reckless, uh, you'll end up paying 50% more tax at the end of the day. Now, if you do receive a audit letter, what should you do? Uh, Well, in my opinion, you should go straight to your um, registered tax agent and let them deal with it. Uh, because it's really important that information is provided on a timely basis, that the information that you have provided is accurate and correct, and uh, reconciles with the tax return, and that you don't want to provide any more information uh, than you have to. Uh, so that is, you know, if you sometimes you provide too much information, it might create too many questions. So it's really important to know what to provide and when to provide it. Um, you can get uh, tax audit insurance, so um, which it wouldn't be really probably appropriate for most individuals, but if you're in business um, and you're worried about the expense of a tax audit where well, you can get, um, it's, it's not very expensive, get some insurance against that. Um, so what can you learn from all this information? Well, really, I think uh, start talking to your tax agent and really make sure your record keeping um, is uh, robust enough to deal with all these matters. So if there are some changes in the way or, or some expenses that you want to claim in this tax year, so 20, the 20th tax year ending June 2020, um, uh, then at least speak to your tax agent and work out what information and how you need to structure your finances uh, so that you are to be able to make that claim rather than leave it to the end of the financial year and then realise, well, I should have kept those receipts, I should have paid that in a different way, I should have kept the logbook or, or something along those lines. Uh the ATO's digital tools uh, and information is uh, greatly enhanced each year. They get a feed from the state revenue offices, the title offices. They know when you've sold properties, when you've purchased properties, all those sorts of things. This is this is all very new stuff that's only happened over the last couple of years. Previously, they the government agencies kind of worked in silos and really didn't share a lot of information. Um, but with the digital age, it's a lot easier they've got, now got big data and they can uh, really use that uh, forces for evil rather than good. Um, so it's even more important as each year passes to make sure that you're well on top of your taxation matters and that you're um, uh, conducting yourself in a professional manner so that you're not putting any deductions at risk. Ultimately, you want to reduce tax in a legal way um, and you want to make sure that you're doing that in a robust way as well. So if you do get an audit, um, it's not going to cause you too many problems. Uh, so that's it for this week, all about the ATO. As always, there's a bunch of links uh, into the in the show notes and the blog on the website. Uh, and as always, if you enjoy the podcast, I do get some feedback and I enjoy receiving it. Um, please pass it on, I recommend a friend or family member to to listen in. Uh, the more, the merrier. Thanks very much, and talk to you next week.